0: I'm curious, as we gather tonight, what are some of your favorite Christmas traditions, some of your favorite holiday traditions? As you kind of think through that a little bit, what was it that you did as you grew up? After all, Christmas is kind of the season of traditions. It's kind of the season of of doing those things that we do that bring back those moments of joy and and hope in our lives. I know for me, I, uh, I was blessed growing up in an area where all my family pretty much lived in the same area. We were all pretty much from the same town and and one neighboring town, and and so for us, the holidays, we didn't travel. Everything was right there. We went to both sides of my family all in the same night and in the next day. Uh, In fact, that old song, uh, Over the River and Through the Woods to Grandma's House We Go, didn't really apply to us. Uh, We had one set of grandparents, my dad's folks, lived about five miles away, so it was past the cemetery and Walmart and the putt-putt course to Mimi's house we go, (laughs) my my other grandparents, they lived about 10 blocks away. You didn't even have time to get through the song before we got to their house. Oh. But, but my traditions kind of went like this. Every Christmas Eve, right about this time of the evening, we would be gathering at Mimi and Papa's house. That's my, dad folk, my dad's folks. And we would go and we would have pizza or sometimes a, a taco, an enchilada bar or, or something. And, and we would just have dinner. And then we would watch some movies and then we would open presents. Of course, as a kid, that's what you do, right? You you look forward to presents. All the while fighting over that spot in front of the fireplace that usually my dad or my Uncle Rusty would wind up winning over uh, myself, my brother, and my cousin. That we'd go home that night after leaving their house and go home and, and, and go to bed and wake up the next morning and we'd have to see what Santa brought us. We had just this short little window to, to see what, what toy Santa Claus brought us. And we'd open those and, and play with those for like five minutes. Then we had to go get ready to go to my grandma and grandpa's house. That's my mom's folks. They're the ones that lived close by. And, and we went over there and had Christmas breakfast, my grandpa's favorite tradition. So we, we would get together and they'd pull out all the stops, scrambled eggs, bacon, sausage, biscuits and gravy, all the jams and jellies you could hope for, all the juices you could hope for. It was funny because that was the one day of the year I actually drank grape juice. I like grape juice, but for some reason, that was the only day of the year I drank grape juice. The rest of the the year, it was apple juice or orange juice or just milk. But we would have breakfast. Then, of course, we would go into the other room and, again, open presents. That's what we did as kids, right? That's what you looked forward to. We'd go outside and, and play with some of our stuff. And usually, you know, we would try to sneak over some of the new stuff we had gotten at home, too, that my mom and dad didn't really want us to bring, but we'd go ahead and sneak it over anyway because we had to show it off to our cousins. So my brother and I are the youngest on that side of the family by quite a bit. And so we had to show off our cousins who were 10 and 12 years older how cool we were that we got some toy they didn't care about anymore. (laughs) But we would stay there for a little while, and then we would spend the rest of Christmas Day bouncing around from place to place, seeing family. What's your favorite holiday tradition? Maybe as you think about Christmas, you think about something like this, a Christmas Eve service. We grew up, and we didn't really have Christmas services. We didn't have a Christmas Eve service, and, and I didn't know what I was missing. Some of my friends had midnight mass, and they would go to that, but, but we didn't have a Christmas Eve service. The closest we had was the Sunday morning before Christmas. We'd go to church, and that was the one you really dressed up nicely for, and we'd go in, and, and they would hand out to every kid this brown paper sack that had an apple and an orange and a handful of shelled peanuts and some candy inside it. Sometimes a little sticker or, or something. Nothing much, but something we got really excited about. But that was Christmas Sunday for us growing up. So as we get to the end of this holiday season, of this Christmas season, what is it for you that, that sticks out? Maybe it's the songs, like we just sang. Maybe as we sing through these songs, you go back to certain memories of hearing other people sing these songs. Or, or maybe for you, it, it's picking out certain lyrics from some of these songs. The one we just sang, Oh, Holy Night, I love the refrain from that song when it says, A thrill of hope the weary world rejoices, for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. We, we, we celebrate Christmas because in the midst of our struggles and in the midst of our hard times and dark times, we see the hope that's coming from Jesus. We see that, that sliver of light piercing through the stronghold of the darkness. Or, or maybe it's the prayer from joy to the world. When we sing this song to God saying, "Joy to the world, the Lord has come, let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare Him room, and heaven and nature sing. Uh, one of my favorites that I, I really like to sing is the declaration of, of "O come all ye faithful." When we say, "O come, all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant, O come ye, O come ye to Bethlehem, Come and behold him, born the king of angels, O come, let us adore Him, Christ the Lord." Maybe for you it's not so much the music. Maybe for you it's the Christmas movies. Maybe you watch those movies that we see every year and you pluck and pull certain little themes out of them that, that stick out to you. Maybe for you it's, the, it's the, the never-ending joy and optimism of Buddy the Elf that no matter what he runs across, he's just happy and he's smiling and he's spreading Christmas cheer everywhere he goes. Uh, maybe for you it's, it's that, that never-ending childhood imagination and optimism of Ralphie from A Christmas Story that he's always thinking of how great his world is going to be when he gets that red rider. Or maybe for you, maybe for you it's just that simplistic approach of cutting out the consumerism and unplugging, kind of like Charlie Brown in the great peanut special. See, Christmas carries a very special feeling for all of us, very different feeling than, than other holidays. Yes, we get excited for, for Easter and for Halloween and the 4th of July, and we get excited for all of these, these holidays, but Christmas is different. Christmas is different because it's a season of hope. It's a season of expectation. Think back to when you were a kid. What was one of your favorite toys you ever got? Your favorite gifts you ever got? Girls, maybe it was a certain doll or or all these accessories that come with them. Guys, maybe it was a baseball glove. Maybe it was a a new bike. I, I don't know. We have those toys that we wanted, that we looked forward to, to bring us hope and joy. But as you know, as you've gotten older, those, those gifts you got, that joy and that hope and that pleasure they gave you was just temporary. It didn't last. See, Christmas is a special time of the year because it, it represents a different kind of joy and hope and peace. It represents that joy and that hope and peace that was brought on by God, by the Father who sent the greatest gift of all time on that holy night that we just sang about in Luke chapter 2, we read the story of Christmas. As we read through this, we, we read about this, this guy named Joseph and, and his, his bride-to-be named Mary. And, and we read how they went deep into a pregnancy that, that didn't belong to Joseph, 70 miles away from home, from their town in Nazareth in the northern part of Israel, down to Bethlehem in the southern part, because they had to go down there to be counted in a census. Bethlehem was the home of, of Joseph's ancestor, David. And so by order of Caesar, they went down to be counted along with all of Israel for a census. I wonder what it was like for them that night. I wonder what it was like for those two young people. See, I think it was a little different than what we might picture. Maybe you've got your nativity scene set up at home, and it's, it's the picture-perfect nativity scene. And, and I, I think as, as I look at the Christmas story, it probably looked a little different than that. See, th- th- we read that there was no room in the inn. I think it's easy to kind of assume it was like that little video we watched where they came up to the the inn and the guy's like, okay, go away. Okay, go away. But that really wasn't the case. See, they went from place to place knocking on doors and nobody had a spot for them. But this culture, first century Palestine was very well known for its hospitality, especially during festivals, especially during the census. They rolled out the red carpet. They welcomed people in all the time, especially a young couple about to have a baby. They would have gone out of their way to help them, but there just simply wasn't room. So as Mary and Joseph arrived and they couldn't find a room, the best they could do was somebody's stable where they kept their animals. Very likely that was a a room at the bottom of their house or possibly a small cave next to their house. It was possible it was in a house altogether. In this culture, when the weather got cold, they'd bring their animals inside to help warm the house. But whatever the case, Mary and Joseph went in And there that night, in the midst of of livestock, she gave birth to her son. And as the story goes, she wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and she laid him in a feeding trough for the animals. And she named him Jesus, which means Emmanuel, God with us. I wonder what it was like for them, Mary and Joseph. I wonder what was going through their heads that night. I wonder if they could really wrap their minds around the stories they had been told by the angels of what was taking place and what was the significance of it. I wonder what was running through Joseph's mind. Um, We've had three kids, and and each time that we've gone in for my wife to give birth, my mind has raced. Dad's in the room, you you can relate to this. My mind has raced. Elsie, our oldest, was born the day after my 30th birthday. So for me, my my epic blowout bash 30th birthday was spent in a hospital room with a sick wife, not quite knowing we were going to have a baby the next morning, but knowing it was coming soon, and I can tell you that from the, the time the doctor came in and said, okay, this is going to happen in the next few hours, my mind raced. And I asked myself every possible question I could possibly ask. Am I prepared for this? Hey, in, in 30 years, have I really gotten myself ready for this? In three years of marriage, am I prepared for this? And then I started asking questions about what we were about to have. Is this little girl going to be just like me? Is she going to be just like Jennifer? Is she going to be a daddy's girl? Is she going to be a mama's girl? Is she going to be right-handed? Is she going to be left-handed? Will she have blue eyes or green eyes? Will she have blonde hair or brown hair? What's she going to be like? Will she be a leader? Will she be a follower? Will she be stubborn or will she be determined? What's she going to be like? And I ran through these questions and then I started asking about myself. What kind of dad will I be? Will I be firm? Will I be kind of heavy-handed? Will I be a pushover? Will I be a dad that, that, that... Gets in my kids' way at times or pushes them all the time? Will I be a dad that, that always takes their side regardless or will I be a dad that holds them accountable when they need to be held accountable? All those questions flooded through my mind. I wonder if Joseph thought any of those same things. Because here was a baby about to be born to his wife and a baby wasn't his flesh and blood. This was the son of God, but Joseph was given the responsibility to raise him. I wonder what Mary and Joseph thought on that holy night. See, the book of Matthew tells us that all the angel said to Joseph was that Jesus would save people from their sins. And as a young Jewish boy, he probably understood what that meant, whether he could really wrap his mind around it or not. The angel told Mary that her baby would inherit the throne of David, that he would reign over the house of Jacob, and that his kingdom would never end. And I wonder, would two teenagers have really understood all that, what was going through their minds on that holy night? We sang the song, Oh Holy Night, and I like to sit and think about that, because that night probably seemed like any other, a cool night in Palestine, stars in the sky, maybe a little bit of a chill in the air, seemed like any other night, except it was anything but any other night. That phrase holy means different, means other, it means set apart. So that night was different than any night that had ever existed before because on that night, God chose to enter the world. God chose to come to the world to put His plan of salvation into motion. See, here's the story of history. If you don't know the story of history, it's, it's this. God created the world, and then He created His people, and His people walked with Him, and He walked with them. But then His people rejected Him. His people rebelled against Him. That's that's us. We rebelled, we rejected, we pushed Him away, and then we ran away. And the further we ran away from God, the more into the darkness we ran. The more into a, 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 a world of hopelessness we ran. But the thing we didn't realize while we were running was God was chasing us. God was coming after us. God was pursuing us. He was there ready to put His plan into motion at just the right time. And when the world got its darkest... He sent his son to be born to a simple couple. He didn't send him in as the conquering king on the white horse. He sent him in as a simple baby. See, I think too often these days we we get a little bit defensive of God. And I think at times we, we think we need to protect God from our way of life, that we need to protect God from our humanity. And so we 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 get offended when people say Happy Holidays, or we get offended when we we don't hear exactly the songs that we want to hear for Christmas, because we can't we can't take God out of Christmas, we can't take God out of this or God out of that, and we get we we get protective and defensive that God's going to get offended by our humanity. Let, Let me just tell you this promise: God's not offended by our humanity. Does God like it? Probably not. But is he offended by it? No. You know how I know that? Because God chose to come and enter our humanity. He came to us at our worst. He came to us at our messiest and our our, our most broken. He came to us when we deserved it the least. And he came to us to save us. You think about God could have stayed in heaven. He could have stayed on his throne. He could have stayed away from all of this, but he didn't. He gave up those rights. He gave up those, those powers to put on our skin with all of our limitations, with all of our uh, abilities to be tempted and, and challenged. He put all those on and he came down to earth and he walked the same steps that we walk and he fought the same battles that we fight because he loved us so much that he was willing to do all of that to save us. And that is the gospel message. That is the story of Christmas. That God came to become like one of us so that he could die for us, so that we could live with him forever. Let's pray. Father, we are so thankful for Jesus. We are so thankful, God, that on a simple night in a simple place to simple people, your son, your flesh, your spirit was born. To be with us. God, that He would grow, that we would follow Him, that He would eventually die for us. Father, we are so thankful for Jesus. We are so thankful that He came for us. God, I ask as we get to the latter part of this Christmas season, God, we would remember that we need to return to Him. God, wherever we've been at, wherever we've been running to and running from, wherever we're headed, Lord, that You would steer us back toward You. Father, we are so thankful, and we love you so much. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.